It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are joined right now by Caitlin Bailey. She is the host of the podcast, The Oldest Profession, and a sex worker advocate and one of our favorite guests. And for once today, she's here to talk about some good news. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Jess. I'm I'm thrilled to be here this time with, with good news. Yes, yes, it is good news. We don't usually have you yeah. on for good news. That is the truth. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's usually murder or some horrible sting or someone's life being ruined. But, like, man, the yes. district attorney in Manhattan has made a, a good decision that's going to have an immediate and positive impact on, you know, people who have been struggling to survive under criminalization in the sex trade. So tell us. So tell us Manhattan what, will no yeah, longer prosecute yeah, prostitution sorry. and unlicensed massage. And yes. they're going to dismiss some 6,000 cases already? This is, yes. this is great. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, yeah, over, uh, so the district attorney for Manhattan, uh, Vance, has decided to no longer prosecute prostitution charges or folks um, who are guilty of practicing massage without a license, which sounds like a made-up crime to begin with, but has always been used to, to prosecute <laughs> prostitution, especially right, at, it does. You know, immigrant-owned. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, you know, like if someone's, you know, if someone gives me a, a massage at a barbecue, that's not something that you want to, you know, call the, the police about. Unless it's not consensual, but that's not that's not what we're talking about. So that's not what we're talking about, right? Right. So we dismissed 900 open cases, right? So people who thought that they were going to be prosecuted for practicing massage without a license or loitering for the purposes of prostitution, those cases uh, are dismissed and are no longer moving forward. Of course, you know, just a, a few months ago, um, New York Assembly voted uh, to no longer prosecute people for loitering uh, for the purposes of prostitution. Um, this this means that New York City joins Brooklyn and Baltimore and Philadelphia standing with prosecutors and police officers who are no longer going to be prosecuting prostitution charges. Now, there is a really big caveat that I want to get into. But before we do, I just want to celebrate that victory because it's huge and it's going to have um, it's going to have an impact. So but in turn, yeah, I guess my follow up question is, um, okay, not prosecuting the people um, who are engaged in sex work and massages Mm -hmm. as their job is sounds excellent. Why are they not going to, why are they going to continue to prosecute the, the people who go seek out those services? Are they making any distinction between like pimps and patrons? No. I guess that's my question. No, 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 no. They're they're dumb. It's stupid. It's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be awful. This is, it's just important for us to uh, celebrate our victories. But, Mm. but the, the short answer is no, this could this could get really bad really fast. And the reason is that if we continue to prosecute clients 
um, and, you know, third parties, right, which are, you know, you know, sometimes called pimps, sometimes referred to as managers, sometimes brothel mm-hmm. owners. Sometimes this is the person that answers the phone at the massage parlor, right? So, like, distinctions about whose management uh, and whose okay. service has always been fuzzy, right? So what I'm what – the, what folks in the sex worker rights community are looking out for is – make is seeing whether or not the law enforcement resources that for over a hundred years now have been directed at arresting sex workers. What we don't want to see happen is that law enforcement apparatus directed to prosecuting our clients, our landlords, our neighbors, our friends, the people that support our work um, or, you know, come and, 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 ask for services. The problem is that legislators are still conflating sex trafficking with adult consensual prostitution and are proceeding forward as though they were indistinguishable and prosecuting clients of sex workers as though clients are committing a crime against sex workers, which of course is bananas, right? These are your clients. This is a sales job. We we want our clients to pay us right. for the service that we are aggressively providing. That's how that's our job. Um, There's a consensual so, transaction there, right? It's a consensual transaction, right? It's it's you know you can't it and criminalizing half of a consensual transaction um, creates a lot of really weird, uh, bad and predictable dynamics, which we've seen in countries. Isn't that the Scandinavian model though? Like, yeah, we hold up exactly the Scandinavian it. model as sort of a model of feminism. Like, this is maybe what we should, yes. like, usually when we're talking about gender equity, we're looking to Scandinavia for some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some, some guidance. Yeah, you, it doesn't, usually it, Norway, it doesn't hold up. Ducks together, but not, not in this case. No, every single country, including Norway and Canada, that so-called end-demand legislation, it's also called the Nordic model, we call it the entrapment model. Um, every single place and country that this law has been implemented, violence against sex workers goes up. Because when you scare our clients, when you prosecute oh. our clients, you make it impossible for us to screen um, or to be strong self-advocates for our own safety. And this is, the, this is the fundamental thing that we need to communicate to politicians. Stopping the arrest of sex workers and, and vacating arrest records and, you know, uh, wiping clean, um, you know, prosecution, like all of that is positive. But we, what we have to actively prevent and make sure that we keep advocating that we cannot arrest our way out of this problem. We can't arrest clients. We can't arrest third-party folks. We, we there's only only support. There's one more change in New York that I uh, want to get into, which is that uh, previously in Brooklyn, um, if you were arrested for prostitution charges, they thought they were being super progressive because they they wouldn't prosecute you, but they would mandate that you go to services that you may or may not need. And this ended up ruining a lot of folks' lives because they you know if you have to be at a place you know, for an hour every week, you can't do lots of things, right? Like childcare and your other job. And, you know, there mm-hmm. was a, a few people who had to drop out of school in order to attend these dumb classes about, you know, how what they were doing was shameful. And now moving forward, that is only going to be voluntary. So if you are, you know, for whatever reason, find yourself as, uh, you know, a sex worker, um, if you are, you know, taken in by the police um, and they say, do you want services, not you must take services. And that is, that's a foundational shift, which I think is very exciting and shows me that at least some of these politicians are listening. 
so there's an active there's a, a really competitive race for the for the the job mm -hmm. uh, for the district attorney job that Cy Vance currently holds yeah. in Manhattan. Most of the candidates in that race are advocating exactly what what you're talking about the the stopping of yeah. prosecution for anybody involved. Do do you have a favorite in that race? Are you I watching do, it? I do. Yeah, or Eliza Orland my, is my personal favorite. She's been, a, just gonna, she's been a guest on this I show before. I was just going to yeah. ask you she's if it amazing. was Eliza. That's so funny. She's so smart. She gets it. Like, you know, we had, we had you know, like a 10-minute a conversation three years ago, uh, and she's she's just she's just been incredible. She came up to me at a at an event where I I spoken up for sex workers because that's that's what I do, and so she came up to me and she was like, "Hey, uh, so I know that it's." dumb to arrest clients but like i don't know why can you explain it to me and i did and she's been uh on it ever since uh, she gets it i love that i mean i, love that. I think I, honestly <laughs> no it's 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 okay to not know the answer you know Absolutely. like it, it's okay you know honestly like when i first saw the announcement this week mm -hmm. i had to read the article yeah. You know, to really understand yeah. both the, you know, the, the, the different arguments that people were making. And I was like, oh, okay, now I understand this much better. Because it's not something I think about every day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but it is something that we should start, um, you know, thinking about more. Because mm -hmm. it is a, it, it's a, it's a whole industry um, in our, in our society. And a growing that, one in the pandemic. Right. I mean, the number and of that, people who have, yeah, who have exactly. turned to sex work because you can you can cam from home right. when you mm -hmm, can't, you mm -hmm. know, lots of freelancers, lots of, you know, people who were who were working in, in the kinds of industries that, that really got decimated this year. There are a lot of people mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. currently engaged in sex work who are not at this time in 2019. Yeah, I, it, you're absolutely right. And it feels so simple and straightforward, right, to just not arrest consensual adults for doing sexy things with their body that feels very straightforward but <laughs> prostitution policy yes, is is complicated and and you know there are so many layers to this like people who have been camming over the last year are starting to brush up against being erased from platforms you know the what sesta fossa did uh to platforms mastercard and visa refusing to accept payments you know there's a lot of morphobic whack-a-mole that's happening in a lot of different directions uh but i'm i'm personally thrilled to see uh, what what I consider to be a substantive shift in New York, Philadelphia, and Baltimore. There's actually a and rule that Mastercard. I'm guessing that this payments? is years of activism. I'm sorry, uh, I got stuck. Like, I'm on guessing the other that this detail. is a long. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. No, I got stuck <laughs> on the Mastercard Can detail you, talk you just said. What, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't use Square for sex work. You can't use mm -hmm. all kinds mm -hmm. of the like the the, the the transactional stuff that yeah. we use if we're like buying something at a farmer's market. You can't use for sex work, right? Yeah, and and also you know, or places like PayPal or even Venmo will seize uh, the the assets or money of someone that they suspect is engaged in illegal activity. So, yeah, so MasterCard and Visa are part of the U.S. banking system. And, in the, you know, this isn't like, it's not exactly Visa and MasterCard's fault. It's like federal legislation that made Visa and MasterCard care about this. But they, they have been tasked with, quote, unquote, cracking down on trafficking. Um, and they, they want to know their customer. And if they think that you're engaged in sex work or erotic labor, it's easier for them to freeze your account 
uh, and seize your assets than it is for them to face the liability of possibly promoting prostitution, which is another way that these sort of third-party laws get twisted to end mm-hmm. up really reducing um, agency in in people who are providing this service. You know, you can't you can't go after our money, our clients, uh, or our relationships, and then and then still consider yourself like our champion. That's not. We don't like that. That seems reasonable. Yeah. Are you guys looking to the cannabis industry? It it feels like like I have had very similar conversations as Mm -hmm. it becomes legal in some states, but is still federally illegal that um, Mm -hmm. even in the states where it's legal, you basically have to set up a secondary payment method because of the the same things that we were just talking about. You can't use specific credit cards. You can't use Square. You can't use all kinds of point of sale uh, technology that's available in other industries to do something that is legal. <laughs> so do you, yeah, do you look at that industry and see parallels? I do. I think that there are a lot of instructive parallels between the cannabis industry and the sex industry, but there's one really important difference, which is that cannabis is a, is a product and mm-hmm. sex work is a service. You cannot mm-hmm. regulate people the way that you regulate marijuana. And so, you know, cannabis needed to be legalized in order for stores to to pop up, right? And I don't know that the same thing has to be true for sex work. We could really just stop arresting adults. I don't know that we need to get into the weeds on, like, licensing um, and whatnot. But if we simply made this not a crime, right, and sex work joined the rest of the informal economy, you know, with, like, babysitting or hair braiding, then I, I think that we would see fewer dumb laws. But yes, I think it's I think it's going to be a long time before we see, you know, licensed um, licensed businesses that don't run afoul of any local and state laws um, outside of the dystopian nightmare that is rural Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what what do you want people who Okay, so people who are more conservative, or maybe even like conservative men who you know, they don't understand any of this, but they totally either, uh, you know, utilize um, sex workers um, in their yeah. own private lives or no, plenty of other men who, you know, go to their country club who utilize sex workers in their private lives. I mean, when they hear this, they don't understand why they're still getting prosecuted and the <laughs> sex workers um, are not. So they look at this mm-hmm. skeptically. What what's sort of the argument to them? I mean, I think we're we all sort of in agreement that part of this is good. Part of this doesn't make sense. But, in, yeah. you know, to those skeptical dudes out there who are like, what? Why are you making me a criminal? <laughs> what's your what's I mean, your message yeah, for I, them? It's one of my favorite things to do at, at, at cocktail parties and conferences is to tell rich old white dudes that, like, <laughs> this is your fight now. You know, they're oh. going after Robert Kraft like this. You know, they're they're arresting clients. They're publicly shaming people. People are losing custody of their kids because they didn't make an appointment with a sex worker. That's actually one of my favorite stories is uh, this guy was was looking to to book an appointment with an escort um, because he, you know, wanted to have sex outside of his marriage, but didn't want to end the marriage. Right. You know, like 
and so he accidentally booked an appointment with a police officer, was booked uh, for seeing a sex worker. His face ended up on a billboard in their local hometown. And so his wife divorced him oh, and took wow. full custody of the kid for sex he didn't have. So um, it's, you know, I think it's important. You know, this this is an issue, I think, that transcends political party. I think it transcends um, in many ways. Uh, like class and race and other ideologies, I think we can all get together on the idea that it is wrong and dumb to arrest people for engaging in the oldest profession, um, at, either as clients or providers. And so, you know, dudes that didn't think that they had a social justice fight, this is your fight. Tell your elected officials that you do not want uh, to live in a society that spends taxpayer dollars installing cameras in massage parlors. That's not That's not the world we want to live in. It just seems like a phenomenal waste of resources also. Like, even if you take uh, away the the humanitarian oh, sure. slash agency angle of it, which is obviously the most important one, it, it just seems like yeah. a waste of resources. Yeah, and the, and the reality is that, you know, it's easier for police officers to crack down on prostitution than it is for them to crack down on violent crime because like, we don't fight back, you know? It's not... It's not very yeah. scary to do a prostitution sting. Like, we're in lingerie. And so, you know, my, my fear is that the culture of policing around this is so entrenched that we end up just shifting it to the, the clients or, or that prostitution is criminalized in, in everything except name because it becomes impossible to work without consistently dealing and, and negotiating um, an increased contact with, with the police. That's what we don't want. We really need to shift the focus and attention away from policing prostitution, period. All right. And it's, <laughs> I mean, that seems, that, that seems like an easier I mean, yeah, solve than that makes sense. I was like, well, problems. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. I agree. Yeah, let's do this. But yeah, but, but seriously, like rich, rich white dudes, I think, um, do increasingly need to be aware that, that this is their fight. And there are a lot of ways for them to support, uh, you know, donating and, and, and also talk to your legislator. Like you can have private conversations, uh, you know, but don't don't let your your friends or colleagues um, or people that, that come to your dinner parties suffer the delusion that arresting the paying clients of sex workers helps anybody. Caitlin Bailey, thank you for explaining that to us and for coming on uh, for some good news for a change. We, we appreciate it. And we, yeah, will, we will have nice. you back to talk about Matt Gates or some other bullshit some other time, I'm sure. Oh, I love that. That'd be awesome. Well, until <laughs> next time, thank you so much for having me on. I, I really thank you. It. It's, it's my favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell, at Jess underscore MC, and at Signal Boost Show.